time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. It is Monday, April 26, 2021. This podcast is created for you you mortgage professionals out there listening land, and it is for mortgage professionals, and we're just thrilled to have you here with us. See what? I'm doing a three-day fast, and I sometimes think there's some parts of my brain that are just not quite connected. So day three, and if there's anything, we're going to blame it on the fast, but we're just glad to have you here with us. Anyway, our commitment is to bring you timely information in a audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. I listened to some podcasts over the weekend, and I'm finding out how important it is to have some energy when you talk. Because there's some interviewers that just do a horrible job. I go, please, shut them off. Go listen to something else. But we've got great topics and great content today. And I can't wait to share it all with you. Today in the Hot Topics segment, for those of you listening live, you're going to hear Dr. Michael Cummington is with FormFree. He is one of the nation's renowned individuals in artificial intelligence. He's going to be talking about how he incorporates artificial intelligence as a tool to drastically transform how loans are made. We pre-recorded this, but man, it was so interesting and definitely going to have him as a regular guest because I am fascinated with how we can responsibly use artificial intelligence in our business today. So what Brent and company are doing over there at FormFree, I'm pretty excited about it. We'll get some more insights into their approach through artificial intelligence. I also want to say a thank you to the Industry Syndicate. We're part of that organization. Check out industrysyndicate.com. Listen to all the great podcasts that are on that channel. Great place to go listen and discover some new podcasts related to our industry. Also, I want to say a thank you to the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. If you're listening to Rob here just a few minutes, give us an MBA report. Also, so Finastra, whose mortgage bot solution helps customize the decisioning parameters to help you streamline the approval process while keeping your lending team compliant. That's an important word with this administration anyway, and efficient. I want to say also, Lenders One, Justin Demolia, working on having him come on in the podcast. Talked to him last week. Some really exciting things going on at Lenders One. And also, the Mortgage Collaborative, Tom Gallucci. Talked to him a couple weeks ago. And again, just getting updated on all that's happening. We've had to go with both these organizations to virtual meetings, but there's some real in-person ones coming up and planned for this year. So check out both of these co-ops. It's a great place for you to get connected up close and personal with peers in the industry, as well as lenders and vendors getting together. I really support both of these. Number one, you should be members of the MBA, but check out one of these co-ops, Lenders One or Mortgage Collaborative. We belong to both of them. I think both are valuable, and I know others that do. Also, this Community Mortgage Lenders of America, great organization, working with independent mortgage bankers, and I love how they coordinate with the MBA. Also, Indicom offers automation, outsourcing, and compliance solutions for every stage of the mortgage life cycle. Looking forward to have Linda Bomar on as our guest next week in the Hot Topic segment. Had a chance to catch up with Linda this last week. I just love Linda Bomar. She is just an amazing bundle of energy and information, and they're doing 
doing some great things at Indicom. Also, Incelerate, where the leading edge technology and mortgage expertise come to life and pre-designed campaigns. They come together to help enhance the power experience. Go listen to the interview with Josh Friend that we did back on August 17th. Also, Knowledge Group, as well as Mobility, and well as Modex. All three of these companies do a great job of helping you both recruit and then train the recruits. I encourage you to check these all out on our sponsorship page, and thank you to all our sponsors. Finally, a special thank you to Alice, Alan, and Matt for their contributions each and every week. Let's get out to Rob Van Raphorse with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rappers. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, FHFA announced it would extend certain Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac origination flexibilities through May 31st, 2021. This includes temporary policies related to alternative appraisals on purchase and rate term refinance loans, temporary flexibilities related to employment verification, power of attorney, and condo project reviews will expire as planned on April 30th, 2021. Also, according to MBA's latest forbearance and call volume survey, the total number of loans now in forbearance has decreased from 4.50 to 4.49 as of April 18, 2021. According to MBA's estimate, 2.25 million homeowners are now in forbearance plans. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Yep. And let's see how many of those in forbearance end up in foreclosure. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Don't want anybody to lose their home, but we do need to get them paying. And if not, get that home on the market because, man, there's a lot of pent-up demand. I've never seen anything like this ever, ever. Oh, by the way, when I'm going to talk about MBA, God mentioned the Mortgage Action Alliance application. Such a powerful way for you to get your voice heard. And also, you need to become a member of the MBA, but you do not have to be a member to have the access to the Mortgage Action Alliance app. So check it out, search it out in your app store and uh, download it and then have your voice heard. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Bo's got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. Bear's got a dove, and they know that it's all fine. Oh, bed oh. The bulls feel they have the heart of the Fed as it feeds liquidity to the global economy. The bond bears think the Fed's guiding the world to better days with hot inflation. Each tax proposal, regulatory constraint, and reinstated restraint on commerce prods the bulls to run. The bears see a world finding creative ways to buy and sell, and see the Fed keeping the punch bowl full for the new Roaring Twenties. Take bulls away. Take bears away. Two better days. Two hotter days. Take bulls away. Take bears away. A hiding place. A trading place. These views are my own. Want more? Go to TMSpotlight.com. Check out TM Spotlight. You can get a macro view of the markets by reading his newsletter each and every day. Subscribe for free. It's the paid version for free if you use the word power when you sign up. Check it out. Les, thank you. Great job to Gary Cantrobone for producing that segment. And love what those guys do. That's amazing. Anyway, Matt Graham, I'm talking about getting a bad rap. We always blame you when rates do something weird. But, you know, we're stuck in a little bit sideways here. A little bit of a drop. And then yeah, past few weeks, I've been trying to push yeah. it back in the other direction. I just I couldn't take all what, the criticism. We're glad for what you're doing, but tell us what's going on. Looking at the last week, kind of just touch briefly on last week. More people are more interested in what's happening, what happened in this week. But I love what you have to say about last week. Cover that real quickly, if you could. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So last week, there's not much to say, actually. It was a good week in terms of rates. We held Mm -hmm. a nice lower range, the same range that we have been in or really that was set on the Thursday before last. I got 10-year yields all the way down to 1.53, and that has been the floor since then. We came into last week up around 1.62, another key level, and just slowly sort of plotted down back toward 1.53 by the end of the week, weren't able to break it. So since you want me to kind of burn through last week, we won't bore you with all the econ data details. After all, you can always jump on MBS Live, review those results, and of course, we'll tell people at the end of this segment how they can get extra free time. But The most interesting thing that I encountered last week that people are giving me feedback about is the new home sales data. It came out on Friday, crested 1 million sales for the first time since 2006. Very huge result. And it's really no surprise that there's a ton of demand for new homes, especially with a lot of existing home sellers sitting on their hands, so to speak, for a variety of reasons. And the interesting thing about that report was that prices were relatively stagnant year over year. And as we know from looking at almost any other home price report, prices are anything but stagnant. Prices are, in some cases, setting records as far as their pace of growth anyway. That was also the case for existing home sales came out last week, and that was a record high in terms of prices. So what's going on with new home sales prices? It's actually not quite as sensational as you would hope. It's a simple factor of home sizes and lots getting smaller over the years and a trend since 2015 for that matter as builders try to cram more homes onto smaller parcels of land and as the pandemic and just the trends in real estate have made it far more likely to be able to sell efficiently, quickly, and for a good price, your entry-level homes or your lower-priced, smaller homes. And when those lots and those home sizes get smaller, the prices are going to get smaller and it doesn't really speak appreciation of Uh, real estate, because when we look at home price reports that actually track uh, repeat sales is what they call it, when we see that same home selling again, those trends remain pretty astonishingly high. And we will get an update on those, although it will be for the month of February. Tomorrow morning from both Case Shiller and FHFA, uh, they're looking for more than 11% year-over-year growth in prices. Last month's report from FHFA was 12%, and it won't be a surprise to see more home price appreciation. So bottom line on last week, we made it back down to 1.53 in terms of 10-year yields. Nice, calm week for the bond market, and no real fear or trepidation heading into this week's auction cycle. And then as the show began this morning, five-year auction came out. It was just fine, bold right down the middle. No major mm-hmm. uh, drama there, no major market reaction. There. As far as the rest of the week is concerned, we do have one more auction to get through tomorrow with a seven year at 1 p.m. These treasury auctions have been more relevant than they have been in the past. And I guess you could say that's been the case for probably five or six months now. It seems like it might be waning a bit. So it remains to be seen if tomorrow's seven year auction is going to have any sort of big impact. We do have the Fed on Wednesday afternoon. Here again, that's something that always can be a big market mover. But in this case, Traders and analysts really aren't looking for much because they have been such an open book in terms Mm -hmm. of their policy approach. They're not anywhere close to talking about tapering bond buying. They're happy to remind us of that fact. They're not anywhere close to wanting to hike rates. And in general, they are waiting for a lot more traction in the labor market and for any inflation growth to be sustained. And this is, Dave, one of the big arguments or one of the big sort of philosophical debates in the market right now. And it's just On one side of the coin, you have the Fed 
and a good amount of market participants who are of the belief that the current rise in inflation will be temporary, fueled by things like supply-side constraints stemming from COVID and lumber prices, of course, steel prices. Obviously, there have been supply chain shocks, and that's going to affect inflation. There's also a demand surge reasons as well. But the thinking is, is that that's going to be temporary. And the type of inflation that other people are worried about would take more time to develop. And the Fed wants to give that time to develop. On the other side of the coin, you have people that say the Fed is underestimating that and they're going to get more than just a transitory push in inflation. And then they're going to have to really figure out what they want to do in terms of a policy response, because they'll be forced to consider uh, shortchanging the economic recovery versus keeping inflation in check. I think for my part, I don't have a strong opinion on which way that's going, but I think that I'd want to give it more time before deciding because we really aren't through the few key months that we need to get through in order to see what's entrenched, what's embedded as far as inflation goes. One interesting thing and sort of a break from the past, this Friday we have consumer sentiment and part of that report is inflation expectations. This is actually a phrase the Fed mentions fairly regularly these days. And they are, in fact, looking for consumer inflation expectations as an indicator of how well their policy is being transmitted. So I think we might see markets start to pay a bit more attention to that metric, 10 a.m. on Friday morning, if anybody's still around. And we're not anywhere close to where we have been in the past in those metrics. But as far as the one-year inflation expectations, those are as high as they've been since 2014, give or take. And if those remain high and keep moving up, then the Fed might have to increasingly consider if it's going to pay uh, for bond buying. But as it has said, and as Powell has said, they do want to see traction in the labor market. Last but not least, GDP on Thursday. I oftentimes sort of downplay GDP's market movement potential, but this yeah. is one of the quarterly exceptions because it is the first read for Q1, and yeah. it's expected to come in up at 6.1%. So yeah. if it does, or if it comes in higher, and because it's the first reading for Q1, uh, bonds could pay a bit more attention than normal to that GDP reading, potentially reinforcing a more sideways trend as opposed to encouraging tenure yields to break below 1.53. Very interesting. I'm looking at the screen right now. Love this. I love the information up here. It's just powerful. Anyone not using this, it seems like the last group of guests we've had, anyone that's connected to the industry, they all have and are subscribers of your service. And they say, if you want to be successful, what do you do? Do what successful people do. And they have <laughs> MBS Live. Appreciate you, friend. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to get an extended trial period, all you have to do is go into the system and put in LOL for the sign-up code, and you'll get an extended trial. And I appreciate you doing that for our listeners, Matt. That's my honor. Have a great rest of your week. Alice Alvey is here with us. So glad to have her join us each and every week. Big shout-out to Bill Cosgrove for letting her get away because they keep her busy there, folks. But Alice is CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. We've got this week's legislative update. What you got, Alice? Hi, everybody. Well, first, I want to just chime in on something that Matt referenced, which is super important. I want to make sure everybody picked up on the Federal Housing Finance Agency's report that comes out. It's a really super cool website. I actually use it in training whenever we're talking to folks about property values. So if you go into any search engine and you Google FHFA House Price Index, you can get some really cool charts. You can even key in what you paid your house for the year you bought it. And based on those FIFA resales, 
it will tell you what your home's value would be today based on those appreciation rates that they report on quarterly and throughout the years based on when you bought your home. So it's just a really super cool tool to show folks some fun heat maps on how property values have changed over the years. Anyway, that was my little PSA on the side. Yeah. It's a fun place. Yeah. If you like houses, right, which most of us do. So, but really interesting. So the MBA published a little quip in their news link this morning uh, that was about House Bill 2547 regarding the Comprehensive Debt Collection Improvement Act starting its way through the House. Well, I thought, okay, about debt collection, usually there's kind of a one sentence issue. I'll just read it and move on. Well, the MBA comment is super important. It addresses the fact that there's literally one sentence in multiple pages of this eight-title bill that wow. could potentially cause us a problem in non-judicial foreclosure states. We like our non-judicial foreclosure states. Life is easier. It's not as crazy. It's less red tape than the judicial foreclosures. There are 29 non-judicial foreclosure states, and there's one sentence in this bill that's trying to undo the Supreme Court already ruled we can act as debt collectors in certain cases like this through the mail process that we use in a foreclosure. And this is why we advocate, right? Because it takes a real strong entity like the MBA to be able to monitor this stuff and catch mm-hmm. that one sentence that could really cause a problem for us as an industry. So I started looking through the rest of this bill, and there were some interesting things in it that will impact our borrowers and therefore impact us in the way that we underwrite loans. So one of the Title IV talks, I had a little section on it, on prohibiting medical collections from being shown, even shown on your credit report. I saw that, and yeah. Yeah, so that would be interesting. And then there was a second part, though, that said, as long as it was for a necessary procedure, then my brain got turned. I'm like, okay, who determines what's necessary? You're going, a lot of people could think some elective surgeries are very necessary. So (laughs) in any case, even those, you would get a year before it would appear on your credit report for even those. And there was this process discussed for extenuating circumstance. I thought, okay, more red tape to try and make sure it didn't show up on the report. Another section of this, Section 5, was talking about restricting what was called harassment. So definitely today in collection activities, text messaging is used, and so they want to cap that. And then interestingly enough, another Section 7 was going to swing, if you're a debt collector, how much can you be sued for if you don't follow the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act properly? And today Hmm. it's 1% of the net worth this bill is proposing to move it to 5% of annual revenue. Shift in the percentage, but going to the top line instead of the bottom line. So lots to watch on this HR 2547. The MBA called out the one. I think there's a lot in here for folks to just pay attention and understand from a collection standpoint, since that applies to our servicing areas. And uh, that's my heads up for today, Dave. Thank you. That is interesting. Wow. I now I know why you use this for your training. I'm over here and I got several of those bookmarked. I'm going to spend some time, but I didn't want to miss anything you said. So good job. Excellent resource. FHFA. Get in that website and start turning around in there. You'll be amazed at what's in the home price. So I did the FHFA and then I put a home price index and I brought up tons of stuff. Great job. I love it when we get new resources. 
especially for those of us love looking at these graphs, and that tells us so much. All right, Alice Alvey, appreciate it much. Alan Pollock, Mr. Technology. So you're going to love this. Alan texts me, and he goes, Dave, I can't get my iPhone to even come on. I mean, I use my iPhone for everything. I can't believe this. He says, I'm going to have to miss this thing, but I'm going to the store to get my iPhone replaced. So Mr. Technology is having technology issues. How rich and rare is that? Anyway, so we're going to say... Alan, hope you get your phone fixed. Good luck on that. That wraps up this week's weekly mortgage update. I want to say thank you again for being a listener. Special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Indicom, Incelerate, Mobility, MMI, as well as Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop. Thank you to our sponsors for making this all possible. Be sure to come back next week because we got Linda Bomar. I love Linda's energy and her intelligence. She and her husband, Stan, are dear friends, and I'm grateful to have them coming on the podcast. We're talking about automating the middle office mortgage operations. What does she mean by middle office? Come back next week, listen to the hot topic. And of course, you want to listen to all the other information we'll have for you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week. And thanks for listening.